so this is uh, Jesse Seneschal, and I'm interviewing Margaret Kilty on, uh, what is it, April 13th, uh, 2017. And can you um, start by telling me a little bit about yourself as a teacher, how long you've been teaching, what, you, what grade level you teach? I have been teaching with the city since 2001. Mm -hmm. I started out as the assistant teacher in special education with deaf and hard of hearing students. Mm -hmm. okay. And it was when I arrived, uh, increasingly multi-disabilities. Mm -hmm. So deafness was supposed to be a hard of hearing, the primary disability, but really it was becoming the secondary mm. uh, disability. So we were teaching some children with emotionally, emotional disturbances, mm -hmm. autism, um, but all with a significant level of hearing loss or deafness. Um, I did that until 2007 and realized I think it takes extraordinary teaching and um, character to teach special ed. And it was also multi-age from kindergarten through fifth grade. Mm. So I started looking at regular ed and switched to regular education. Mm -hmm. I taught at Oak Grove, which is inner city, for four years. Mm -hmm. And that also had its challenges. That was mm -hmm. a Title I school as well. Mm -hmm. And um, so then in 2011 and 12, I came to G.H. Reed, and I've been teaching there ever since for the past, this is my sixth year okay. teaching, and that school also has had some transition as well. Still mm -hmm. probably a lower socioeconomic working class, but in the last five years, the number of students who are English language learners has doubled. Yeah. So we started out around 30, 35%, and now we're about 70%. Wow, wow. So there's been a lot of change and yeah. a lot of transition in, in the arc of my teaching career. Okay. So getting to your action research project, uh, what was the idea or sort of like the, the problem that you faced <coughs> when you were teaching that um, sort of inspired your project? Well, I was looking at math education because so many of the children that I teach, and I teach kindergarten, and uh, come in without a lot of number sense. Mm -hmm. And we teach about 20 SOLs mm -hmm. in kindergarten. Mm -hmm. um, the number's decreasing, which is good, but still too many. And I've been looking at research about number sense and number, really more correctly, number systems knowledge. Mm -hmm. And there is some some strong evidence suggests that it's innate in children and the idea of looking at quantities and recognizing, recognizing quantities, mm -hmm. more and less uh, order of magnitude, things like that that are basic foundational understandings and concepts for math mm -hmm. learning and math success. And the evidence that I've looked at suggests that if the children don't have a strong foundation in that, they don't gain, they don't make up the difference. That that needs to be sort of the platform or the foundation or the skeleton mm -hmm. to acquire success in further math education. Mm -hmm. And as I looked at what I was doing in the classroom and looking at the standards and how a lot of teachers were teaching it, it's really clear that nobody really talks about number systems knowledge mm -hmm. or even how to teach it, what we should be doing. So that was why I thought it would be worthwhile to look at it and see if I couldn't come up with, at least in my own little sphere of influence, something that would help students acquire and understand that. Yeah, good, okay. And uh, what was the research question that you started with um, 
when you start your project? If I can, that doesn't make any sense. If I focus on visuals and manipulatives, mm -hmm. then children will gain further understanding and further grounding in number systems knowledge. Okay, so that was the like the hypothesis, hypothesis you had, and so the question was, what would happen if this? Yes. Uh, okay. So. okay. <laughs> and uh, so, how did you test that hypothesis? Like, what did you? What, what sort of data did you collect? Uh, and uh, analysis did you do to kind of see if it worked? Well, informally, at the beginning of the year, <laughs> I uh, did the first few weeks just presenting children with flashcards mm -hmm. with depictions of dots and mm -hmm. also having manipulatives depending on the child and seeing if they could tell me how many or how many more if they were looking at two sets or two groups which one had more which one had less mm -hmm. something very simple I think it was five about five questions um, maybe even four and um, seeing if they could tell me what more, which which of the groups had more, which had less, um, just uh, it was small groupings, I think, a five or less, maybe just to see if they could recognize there are four here, five there, mm -hmm. just to, and if they could correlate that to numbers. Um, and just made some notes uh, on that. Most of the children couldn't do any of that. Mm -hmm. uh, I think I had two. I have to go back and look at my data to see that. So clearly I needed to work on, and that, that was the number systems, that, that idea of magnitude and more and less, and quantities, and recognizing them mm -hmm. with some automaticity, mm -hmm. that they could do it quickly. Um, and then I also had a formal assessment that I had to give that was 10 questions that covered some of that, and mm -hmm. also number recognition, numeral recognition as well. Okay. So I used both of those data points. Okay, and what did you learn? That many of the children, in fact, I think all but two of my 20 students at the end of September really couldn't quickly, and I think it about, was about three seconds, tell me which group had more, which had less. Mm -hmm. um, probably if I had done a much greater number, uh, you know, a hundred bears over here and two, but for comparative purposes, you want the groups to be a little bit closer. So say mm -hmm. 10 in this group and seven in this group. Mm -hmm. And it really was a challenge for all but two of the 20 students. Okay. So we clearly needed to, to look at that and see if I couldn't help them acquire some of that recognition and that foundation of the concept. So what was your strategy for your next cycle in terms of like um, the next cycle was to do give them a lot of opportunities for manipulatives, and that correlated with our pacing because we uh, started well started out by October. We're doing things like comparing quantities, and that's really number systems knowledge. Mm. So giving them different different games. Um, there's an apple game that we play with manipulatives, like mm -hmm. how many how many apples are in this tree as opposed to that tree. Um, ten frames where the children have to, with each other, they might work with a partner and put down a ten frame and recognize which one had more, which one had less, or which mm. one had more and fewer. Um, a card game with just a deck of cards. Again, it has mm -hmm. both the numeral and the quantity, mm -hmm. which one was greater, which one was the same, which one was equal. Uh, and then also some small group just going through the numbers and using a number line and mm -hmm. using manipulatives with that. Okay, okay, cool. Um, 
What were some of the the biggest challenges uh, that you faced as you were doing your research? I mean, I know the from talking to you through the um, through the year, you've had some redirection in your research. Can you talk a little bit about that? Uh, time was a big challenge because mm -hmm. I think the first six weeks of school, I had to give five assessments. Mm -hmm. And we also were still getting students. That happens, and students then not coming back. Mm -hmm. uh, so that was a challenge to find time to get all of that done yeah. and all of the beginning of the year things that, that a teacher does in kindergarten. And then I realized, pro really with the first round of assessments, language, that was I measuring understanding what I wanted to measure or really was I testing English ability mm -hmm. and English proficiency. And that became very uh, apparent and problematic because the children certainly, I think this year, 13 at the beginning of the year because I've had some change, 13 of the 20 children I started with were English language learners. So obviously if I'm speaking in English to children and asking them which are more, which, which is less, can you tell me how far, which one's closer, which one's further away, um, the, the language barrier was an impediment to getting the data that I needed and maybe not measuring what I wanted to measure, which was mm -hmm. number systems knowledge. Mm -hmm. And knowledge is transferable, so if the children know it in one language, they can transfer that knowledge to and aid them in acquiring a second language. Mm -hmm. So that was something that I really needed to address. And I guess in the back of my mind, I knew that could could be an issue. But I was thinking specifically with math, math is universal. And it is. Mm -hmm. Two plus two is four everywhere. But the algorithms that people use to to understand the concepts or develop the con concepts, it can be, culturally, they can be different. Yeah, sure, yeah. And so, you developed uh, um, some strategies for thinking about how to overcome the language issue? Yes, really focusing more on visuals, manipulatives, um, going back and looking, I think, for, it might have been cycle two and even cycle three, um, because it be, the second assessment that I used was there were some challenges with that as well but recognizing that if the visuals on the assessment or even the informal assessment that I was doing because mm -hmm. that's was doing that one-to-one -one. Mm -hmm. so we had manipulatives and I have ten frames the children can mm -hmm. move things with and then also using some of their first language mm -hmm. so and keeping it simple getting rid of extraneous um, language and making sure that the language was simple, connected to the concept, and connected to what I wanted to measure. Right, right. So you could be sure that it was about their math understanding and not their language understanding. Yes. Okay, that's great. That's so great. really, because I can be a little wordy, <laughs> which is great for language acquisition, but not necessarily if I'm really trying to be focused mm -hmm. and assess for something very specific. And that correlated too with some workshop and some work that I was doing with we have turnaround specialists and one okay. of whom is an English language specialist oh, yeah. and she went through we we did we and the data component of this um, by February looking at how 
assessments are valid and reliable and measuring what we want to measure. Mm -hmm. So kind of pulling that in as well to see if I couldn't get something a little bit closer to the concepts and less measuring language. Yeah, right, right. Um, so do you feel like you've learned new information that's going to help your teaching in the future through this process? Yes. Yeah? Because once we just did another cycle, I think I, I went ahead and did a fourth cycle, mm -hmm. the last assessment, we had fewer questions, which was a good thing. We spread out, and this was, I worked on this with our turnaround specialist, who's the, the math coordinator. And, it, it, you know, the assessment is paper and pencil, but we could use a lot of visuals. And another problem that came up was some, some of the pages we had, the visuals were really close together. Mm. And for 10 frames, what we found for five-year-olds anyway, it was really difficult for them if you're, you can't see it on here, but if they're presented in a very small space with four different answers, and the answers are all really close together, mm -hmm. the 10 frames, they don't know they kind of count them all together. They don't know what they're comparing. So that seems, on the face of it, really simple, and you, you don't think about it necessarily when you're putting together an assessment. But for the final cycle, we made sure that we had just two problems per page and that the answers were spread out enough, and sometimes in, in one case just one, so that the children could see what they were comparing. The, the sets were clearly identified sets that they could recognize as different from each other. Mm -hmm. And that aided them in recognizing and, and pinpointing the correct answers that we were looking for. Mm -hmm. um, and that was, you know, again, speaking about language, that's in a way, it's another type of language. Um, so looking at visuals, looking at manipulatives, and really focusing on how do how do we teach, how do we engage in math instruction that's equitable, mm -hmm. and that's measuring what we want to measure, and not language, because they're two different things, right. and as it turns out, this is a, a problem, and a problem not just for my students and not my grade level in my school, but for the district and the region and really the state because the children, once they get to third grade, start doing the state tests. And um, anecdotally, we had a meeting and the turnaround teachers were talking about this. Um, one of them, she's spoken regionally and worked nationally on some of these questions. And um, so she helped me developed the, the last assessment. And it was, certainly the students did a lot better. Now whether or not that's, they've, they've gotten six more months of age and development, and then some of the, the activities and the tools that I've used, but certainly they seem more comfortable because I assess them one-to-one -one as well. Right, right. So, and seem more confident. So you've, you've, um, you've seen, the strategies having an impact on the students in your class in terms of their number sense and you feel like it's something that's going to be helpful for you um, as you move forward with your teaching. What do you think about, uh, what does this have to uh, teach um, like school leaders and uh, policy makers and how do you think what you've learned can contribute to the larger conversation on education? 
Well, I think there's a big focus on STEM, mm -hmm. sometimes STEM for STEM's sake. But if we're serious about STEM and serious about ha the need to teach math, science, technology, and engineering, these concepts are foundational to all of that. It mm -hmm. really is the basis on which all of those things emerge from and develop. And if we're using assessments, which we are, to, to determine if we're being effective, if children are acquiring the knowledge, then we need to look closely at the assessments that we're giving to make sure they're valid, to make sure they're reliable, to make certain that they're teaching and assessing what we want to assess. Mm -hmm. And my sense is that's not necessarily the case, particularly with word problems, mm -hmm. because there's also a big push to do more and more word problems. Well, that's really more about measuring language understanding mm -hmm. than science, technology, or engineering, or math understanding. Mm -hmm. And also, in terms of practice, in kindergarten, because there are, and at the other grades, there are so many standards, and, and we are moving in the right direction, but there's a tendency to follow the pacing, teach the concept and move on. And I don't know that we really give time. I'm sure that mm -hmm. comes up again and again. Yeah, Having course, the yeah. time to teach for mastery. Again, if we're serious about STEM, if we're serious about truly teaching for understanding, having more time to teach these concepts, and maybe even working with the people who are pushing for preschool and universal preschool, because some of what, what I'm talking about with number systems knowledge, it's not necessarily, and it isn't, um, sitting down and doing algorithms 4 plus 4 equals 8. It really is about giving children opportunities to play with numbers, to take them apart, mm -hmm. whether it's dominoes, whether it's manipulatives, whether it's mm -hmm. cards, whether it's uh, language about how, how far away something is. Mm -hmm. um, and it can be done in a really fun, meaningful way that, that builds the very concept that I'm talking about. Yeah, great, great. Any last words about action research or your project? It was really interesting because, as I said, I sort of knew in the back of my mind, if I'd stopped to maybe think about it a little bit longer, that... Um, language would be something I'd be looking at. I just didn't expect it. Mm -hmm. I really was initially focused on uh, very linear and very, oh, I'm going to do this, this, and this, mm -hmm. and I'm going to get data, and I'll have some information. We'll go from there. So I really, uh, after the first cycle, really looking at, wait a minute, language is, I've got to see what this language piece is or mm -hmm. try to find a way to... Um, lessen its effects and find tools and activities and ways to address it, of ways to really focus on what I was doing. Right. And, um, I, you know, again, I had this year, each year we've had a growing cohort of students who are English language learners and really re giving them more opportunity and time. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's just good for all students. Um, so it's been really fascinating because I, th those questions, and then that gets into questions of equity mm -hmm. and questions of cultural competencies for mm -hmm. teachers mm -hmm. um, and policymakers. So they're all sort of, I wasn't really expecting to be looking at those. Yeah. Um, and that's interesting about research, I guess, that 
if one's thinking that it's going to be from point A to point B, it might, but it's not necessarily a straight line, and that there are going to be some other paths and other things to look at as one goes forward in the process. But it's been really, really meaningful and really interesting, Good. and I'm, I'm hoping that I can um, share this with some people beyond my school and my little neck of the woods. Yeah, yeah, well, great. Thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs>